do we worship you? Praise the name of the Lord. We are so delighted to have you with us here on this beautiful day that the Lord has made. And just let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Amen. I think I understand a little bit of what Jeremiah was trying to express when he penned these words, when he said he felt the word of God shut up like fire in in his bones. His word was in his heart like fire shut up within his bones. My first instinct this morning is to just take off like a whirlwind and I feel such an awesome and dynamic presence of the Lord here in this place this morning. I hope you feel it as well. I know a few of you do. And uh, But I want to really just kind of, kind of slow down. I want you to really absorb what the Lord has to say here in this message this morning. It's important. It's important that we make up our mind right now that we are going to follow the Lord. We're going to do His will. We're going to be what He would have us to be. I invite your attention this morning to the Gospel according to John chapter 18, beginning with verse number 33. We will read in your hearing today. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and tell him it's already in the garage. You have no idea what you're talking about? That's all right. You'll get it later. It's already in the garage. Hmm. Let me preface before I read this morning. You need to understand, we cannot circumvent our relationship with Jesus Christ for religiosity and think we'll ever do anything for the glory of the kingdom. Religious activity is nothing more than religious activity. But everything we are, everything we do, everything that we will ever be must be based on our relationship with Jesus Christ. I feel compelled this morning to step aside from the series that I have been preaching on Sunday mornings and minister for just a little while about truth. Reading from John chapter 18, beginning with verse number 33. Then Pilate entered the praetorium. Again, he called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? Did you come up with this, Pilate? Or are you just repeating something you heard? Oh, that that would preach for a while. Pilate answered, I am not, I, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. 
what have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born. For this cause I have come into the world. That I should bear witness to the truth. Hmm. That I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? What is truth? When he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him. Let's bow our heads together. Precious Savior, as we stand humbly in your holy presence, my, what a powerful, awesome presence we have experienced in this place this morning from the very beginning. I thank you for the word of God that has gone forth through the teaching in our adult class this morning. Lord, it is inspiring and has touched our hearts and our lives. As we come to this portion of the service, the preaching and ministry of your word once again, I ask you, O oh Savior, to take control of this vessel, to speak through these lips, for I am not my own, I belong to you. And I ask you today, in your holy name, to minister what you have given to us under the unction and the direction of the Holy Ghost. And I will thank you for it and praise you, and anoint each one to receive. And it is in Jesus' name I ask it. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. What is truth? The sequel. What is truth? You may be seated. If I were to ask you this morning, go around to each one of you and ask you to rate your relationship with Jesus Christ based on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, how do you think you would rate your relationship? It's a rather sobering question. Some of us may not be able to really decisively determine just what rating our relationship scale would be. But if I were to come to you and say, tell me on a scale of 1 to 10, where do you think your relationship stands right now with Jesus Christ? You see, Pilate here before Jesus and the mobs in Jerusalem had just gone absolutely crazy and Pilate before Jesus asked him the question of the ages and that question being what is truth Jesus has declared to him that he came to bear witness of the truth amen and Jesus also declared to him everyone who is of the truth here's my voice amen Pilate is standing there with a question looming in his mind he says to him then well what is truth a valid question what is truth for the most part we as active members of a local assembly pride ourselves I hope you do in believing and thinking that our church and our ministry stands for and is preaching truth I would certainly hope 
you would take pride in the fact that you could tell someone, our church preaches truth. But the reality is we could go to any church in this community, we could go to any denomination that you would so choose and ask them that question, and no doubt they would answer the same thing. We are preaching the truth. Amen? And while I am not here this morning to contest them or to challenge their authenticity or whether or not they are preaching the truth, but at the risk of appearing to oversimplify truth, the fact of the matter is, truth is a person. And that person being none other than Jesus Christ. You see, we understand from the Word of God, the Holy Ghost reveals truth to us. Amen. In fact, Jesus said this in the 16th chapter of John, and this wasn't in my notes, but I'll just throw it out here. He said, told his disciples, however, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Amen. And in a society today and in a world that really the absolutes are, have, have, have just merely slipped right through our fingers when there's really uh, 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 instances where there's not right or wrong, there's so much gray area where there used to be absolutes. Amen? You see, truth is not some concept or it's not some ideology or it's not a theological principle to be studied. Truth is a person. Now, please understand this. Jesus did not say, I will teach you the truth. He said, I am the truth. He didn't say, I would teach it to you. He said, I am the truth. And when we receive eternal life through repentance and the infilling of the Holy Ghost and being baptized into the body of Christ, Jesus Christ gives us Himself. He doesn't give us some abstract idea or some concept or some theological definition, but He literally gives us Himself. Amen. He said, I am the truth. He doesn't give us some concept or ideology or theological principles. He gives us himself. And listen to how Jesus defined eternal life. This is important. In John chapter 17 and verse 3, he identified eternal life. And this is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is how he defined eternal life. Knowing God and Jesus Christ who He sent. You see, when the Holy Spirit reveals truth, He's not teaching us a concept to be thought about or to be dissected. The Holy Spirit is leading you and I to a relationship with a person. Jesus Christ is our life. Please understand, it's not a concept of Him providing life. He is life. He is the very essence of life. He is the personification of life. Without Jesus Christ, we have no life. Amen. When we receive eternal life, we receive a person, that person being Jesus Christ. And when we became born-again believers, Jesus didn't give us something. He gave us Himself. The four basic principles to truth go something like this. The Holy Ghost reveals truth. Truth is not some concept or ideology or theology to be studied, but truth is a person, and that person being Jesus Christ. And finally, the Holy Ghost is leading us to a relationship with a person 
Jesus Christ. Amen. When the Holy Ghost reveals truth to us through the Word, prayer, circumstances, members of the body, this is not leading us to an encounter with God. Folks, today are going everywhere searching for that elusive encounter with God. They travel from one conference to another, from this to that to this, one thing to another, hoping to somehow find and establish that elusive encounter with God. Amen? If you don't know that, just, just watch what's going on in some of the religious broadcasting channels today. And I don't say that disparagingly. Hopefully one day I'm there. Dear God, have mercy. Folks, surely I would bring you to your feet. But everyone's striving for that elusive encounter with God. That's something they've never experienced before. That, 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 that experience and that feeling like they have never known before. But let me tell you this. The Holy Ghost and the circumstances in our life and the Word and prayer and, and all the things that go with it and the members of the body, this is not leading us to an encounter with God. We must understand that this is an encounter with God. When we sat here this morning and Brother David under the anointing of the Holy Spirit taught a dynamic, powerful, moving Bible study, we were encountering God. Amen. When God does reveal truth to us by whatever means He chooses, we are sitting in the presence of a living person. There's an old chorus that goes like this, that Jesus is here right now. You know, Jesus is here. Reach out and touch Him. Jesus is here right now, yours to receive. Jesus is standing here, ready your hearts to cheer. Jesus is here right now, only believe. And he's here, right now. You see, once again, Jesus Christ is truth. He is the author of the scriptures, and the author is telling us what he is doing in our lives, and he is using his word to do it. Amen. You see, the Holy Spirit knows the mind of God, because the Holy Spirit is God. Amen? The Holy Spirit will make the will of God known to us through the Word of God and through prayer and through circumstances. And then we must take that truth and immediately adjust our lives to Jesus Christ. Amen? To know truth apart, of, apart from application falls short of God's will for our lives. To say that we know truth and to say that we know Jesus and to, and to not apply Him to our life falls short of God's will for us. We are doing nothing but more than but going through religious activity. Amen. We must then take the truth and immediately adjust our lives to Him. Please understand, we're not adjusting our lives to a concept or a philosophy, but to Jesus Christ. How many times have you read a particular portion of Scripture over and over again and You've heard the word taught and you've heard it preached over and over again, but suddenly at one particular moment, at one particular time, you see something or you hear something in that for the very first time that you never grasped before. 
Amen. Amen. The truth that was revealed to you is not a concept for you to figure out how to work into your life. God is introducing you and I to himself and alerting you and I that he is wanting to apply this truth to your life right now. Right now, not not later, not next week, not next month, but he's wanting us to apply that truth to our life right now. When God is ready to do something in your life, the Spirit of God uses the Word of God to make that known to you. And as a result, you can adjust your life to him and what he has just revealed of himself, his purposes or his ways. Now that I've settled this, I want to get to the most important part of what I'm saying this morning. And that is a reflection of our relationship to Jesus Christ. Using myself as a personal example, here is how I have attempted to live out my relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, the Holy Ghost has created in me the desire, the hunger, the want to, to participate in his ministry in the reconciliation of a lost world to himself. I didn't strive one day to aspire to this profession. But there was that burning desire and that longing placed in me by the presence and power of the Holy Ghost to want to participate and be involved in his ministry to reconcile a lost world to himself. I respond and I come before God seeking to know his will. And when the Holy Ghost reveals truth to me, I know he is trying to alert me to what he is doing in my life and in this church. Amen? Our relationship is absolutely crucial to our ability to do what God has called us to do. Amen. We cannot circumvent our relationship with Jesus Christ for anything else. All of the other things will not take its place. And as we consider our relationship to Jesus Christ, it's important to consider a few basic principles that, in, that, that involve this relationship. First of all, worship Praise, reading the word, hearing the word, by whatever means, prayer and fellowship, just to name a few, are all interactions with Jesus Christ. While we were hearing the word of God go forth this morning in the adult class, while others were teaching around the building and there were other things going on as it relates to our Sunday school. This is all part of our interaction with Jesus Christ. It's part of our relationship with Him. We just don't come here and come together and go through religious functions and religious activities. We are involved in this relationship. Amen. And as a church, our ability to reach a lost world is based on the intimacy of our relationship to Jesus Christ. Amen. If you get nothing else this morning out of what I'm saying, please get this. How we succeed in our activities within the kingdom of God and what God is going to do through us is solely and, and, and absolutely based on our intimacy of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. Now before you begin to think, what in the world is all of this about? What's going on in this preacher's mind? And before you think, well, I've been saved for whatever number of years you've been saved, and therefore my relationship to Jesus Christ must be first rate. 
I've got a news bulletin for you. Based on reality and based on real life, I've come to learn a long time ago that many couples claiming to be united in marriage and husband and wife for many years have never really enjoyed an intimate and close relationship. Oh, boy. And so it is with our relationship to Jesus Christ. We have gone to church. We have, we have minimally f- participated. We have, we have done the things that uh, you know religious folks do. We come and we go through the motions and we sing and we worship and we praise and we, we do all of these things. But I still have to wonder, how is our relationship with Jesus Christ? Amen. Just because you claim to be a member of the body of Christ does not necessarily constitute a good relationship with Jesus Christ. Remember, he didn't say, I will teach you the truth. He said, I am the truth. Worship is a relationship, not just a religious activity. Communion is a relationship, not just a religious activity. By the way, we will be administering communion next week. Bible reading is a relationship when you sit at home or in your car or wherever you are and you have this Word of God opened up and you are reading it, you are looking into it, friend. This is part of your relationship with Jesus Christ. You are interacting with Him. It's an interaction. You see, relationships and communication are based on interaction. You will never have a relationship without there being interaction. Amen. Prayer is a relationship, not just a religious activity. Fellowship is a relationship, not just a religious activity. One thing I have noticed as I have studied the ministry and lives of the early New Testament believers, and that is they wasted no time in developing a very close and lasting relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. Beginning at Jesus' earthly ministry, Those that followed him for three and a half years had developed a very close and intimate relationship with him. Amen. 24-7, they they enjoyed his company and they enjoyed his teaching and they were privileged to be in his presence. And now, when the day of Pentecost has come, those who had been following Jesus were already very intimate and very close to Jesus because they had been in the inner circle. And they knew things about Jesus that only the inner circle could know. Amen. I I think I want to be part of the inner circle. In fact, I know I want to be part of the inner circle. The inner circle had a relationship with him that was second to none. He told the inner circle things that he told no one else. He revealed things to the inner circle that he did not reveal to the religious leaders of that day. In fact, he made reference on several occasions to his disciples, you have no things and you've seen things that no one else will ever see. Amen? So in that inner circle, there was a 
a relationship and there was a camaraderie and there was a closeness that they enjoy. Let me tell you, in order for High Point Church to accomplish God's goal for this church, we must focus on our relationship with Jesus Christ in its fullness. We stand at the threshold of destiny. Some of you are not sure? I said, we stand at the threshold of destiny. All that remains for us to walk and step over that threshold is to focus on a right relationship with Jesus Christ. Stay with me a little bit longer. Over the years, we have focused on many ways and many things and many means to accomplish God's will. Please, I, I don't criticize anything that we have done or tried down through the years to be effective witness for Jesus Christ. I would be amiss to try to challenge, but here's what I will tell you. We have tried so much with the exception of the most important way, and that is through our relationship with Jesus Christ. As I look through the life and ministry of Jesus Christ and the early church, it was not difficult for them to get folks to respond and to listen and to crowd around where Jesus was at because he was supplying and meeting the needs that were so desperately longed for in that hour and in that generation. High Point Church, when our relationship with Jesus Christ takes precedent over everything else, and we allow Him to work in us and through us like no, nothing He has ever done before, we will meet the needs of the community spiritually and in, in every aspect like we have never met them before. And it is like a magnetic field that draws people. People were drawn to Jesus Christ. His Spirit is drawing people today. Amen. I said His Spirit is drawing people today. To illustrate my point in all aspects of our relationship with Jesus Christ, please allow me to just inject some thoughts on prayer to illustrate my point. You've heard me say already, and I reiterate that prayer is a relationship. Now here's prayer defined, defined rather. It's communication, verbal and nonverbal interaction between God and man. Amen. Amen. Is that all right? It's communication, verbal and nonverbal interaction between God and man. And I believe that prayer is so essential to our cultivating our relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? That without it, we will never make the grade. To try to circumvent it or try to, to try to bring prayer and our communication with God to a religious activity will fall short of the will and the glory of God for His church. You see, prayer is a two-way fellowship and communication with God. We speak to God and He speaks to us. 
Amen. Please understand, it's not a one-way conversation. My wife gets frustrated with me from time to time because she is having a one-way conversation on occasion. She talks and I don't pay a bit of attention. You all act like that's something new. Who are you trying to kid? For many, their prayer life is primarily a one-way communication. And that is us talking to God. Amen. For so many, their prayer life has been relegated to a grocery list of things that we need and want. We go to God in prayer and we say, okay, God, I've got, got this going on and I've got that going on and I need this. And, 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 and Sally the dog, she's not feeling real well, so I really need for you to... And we come to God with a list of things that we need and we want and we expect from Him. And, and then we go and we throw our list down and we spew all of that out of the face of God and get up and go home. Or get up and get out of our prayer closet or whatever it might be, and we're on our way. Hallelujah. Does any of that sound familiar? Prayer is far more than that. If we're going to be what God has called High Point Church to be, we have to get this right. Hear me. We have to get this right. You see, prayer includes listening as well. In fact, I will be so bold as to tell you what God says in prayer is far more important than what we say. What God says in prayer is far more important than what we say. Prayer is a relationship, not just a religious activity. Prayer is designed more to adjust you and I to God than to adjust God to us. Listen to me now. We pray and we try to adjust. We feel something from God and we, we know He's prompting us and we try to bring God into, into, our, into our schedule. We try to fit God in where. But it should be the other way around, my friends. You see, we need to adjust our life to God. The truth is God doesn't need our prayers. However, He wants us to pray. You say, where do you get that from? Well, the Bible he, the Bible tells me that he knows our very thoughts and intents of heart. He knows what we have need of before we ever ask. He knows all this thing. He knows the beginning from the end. So why should we pray? Because it's the communication link between us and the eternal God. And without communication, there will be no relationship. Isn't that right, honey? She's my greatest help. I mean that kindly. Without communication, there will be no relationship. Whether it be communication through the Word, whether it be communication through the preaching of the Word, whether it be communication through teaching, whether it be through prayer, whether it be through worship and praise, when we are worshiping and we're singing songs of praise to God, we are communicating. Amen. We are in the presence of Almighty God. We are in the presence of Jesus Christ. And He not only, you know, we got this concept where two or three are gathered together and His name there. He said, I will, I will be in the midst. And, but we don't understand that He walks the corridors and He walks the aisles and He walks the pews of the church as we respond and we relate and we praise Him and we worship Him. 
we need to pray because of what God wants to do in and through our lives during our praying. Man, God still speaks to his people by the Holy Ghost through prayer. How many of you know that's true? You see, the Apostle Paul said it this way in his letter to the Roman church. In Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27, he said, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Amen. We just don't know how to pray sometimes. Many times we just don't know what to ask for and how to ask and what to pray for. And we need the Holy Spirit intervenes on our behalf and makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Let, let me ask you a couple of questions. Do you think it is important to know when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you? Okay. Then how do we know what the Holy Spirit's saying? Well, the truth is, I don't have a formula tucked away in here somewhere. There is no formula. But I will tell you this. You will know His voice when He speaks if you are one of His sheep. In fact, John 10 and 4 tells us, Jesus said this, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. That's why our relationship to Jesus Christ is so vital, so that we know his voice. We must know his voice. You see, oftentimes in our weakness, we just do not know how to pray. And the Holy Ghost has an advantage over us for He already knows the will of God for the Holy Ghost is God. And when the Holy Spirit prays for us, He is praying in absolute agreement with the will of God. The Holy Spirit then helps you and I to know the will of God as we pray. Listen to what Paul wrote to the church at Philippi in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. For it is God who works in you. Everybody say that it is God who works in you. It is God who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. You see, the Holy Ghost knows what God has in the garage. If you want to know what the garage is, you get Wednesday night's Bible study tape. There you'll find the answer to that. I'm not telling you. Get a bunch of tapes ready back there. God already knows. God already has what we need in the garage. It's already there. You see, the Holy Spirit's task is to get us to want it and to get us to ask for what's already there. God already knows what He wants to do. He already has a plan in motion for this church. He has already set in order how He wants to reach this community. The avenues that He wants us to go in the process of getting this gospel to the world and, and, and our surrounding area. The Spirit is trying to get us to the place to pray 
for what He already has set in motion. Amen. So, it's already there in the garage. You just need to ask the Spirit to help you figure it out. I will close with this. Pilate said, what is truth? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Paul told the church at Corinth, a very troubled church had some issues going on that just I'm glad I don't have to deal with those issues. Had a lot of division and a lot of dissension. Some were claiming that they wanted to follow Paul. Some were claiming that they were going to be followers of Apollos. Some decided they would follow Peter. Some just decided, we don't need any of y'all guys. Just go away and leave us alone. We're going to follow Jesus Christ. They had a mess going on. And it only escalated. Then they had some morality issues to just top everything off. Paul writing to them, uh, I, I don't want to use the word scolding, but in some in a sense he was kind of scolding them in the second chapter of 1 Corinthians. Paul reminded them of his ministry and his approach to the ministry at the church at Corinth. He reminds them, he said, Brethren, when I came to you, I did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring unto you the testimony of God. He's saying, I didn't come to you with a lot of flashy wisdom of man. Brother Dave was teaching about wisdom this morning and wisdom of God, so powerful. He said, I didn't come to you with excellence of speech. I didn't come to you with, with declaring to you, or he said, I didn't come to you with wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. But he said, here's what I did too. He said, I determined. He made up his mind and determined, he said, that I would know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said, I, I, all of this division of business you all got going on, he said, it really doesn't affect me because I'm going to preach the cross of Jesus Christ. I'm going to present the truth to you. And as Jesus said, ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. You cannot be free. You can't be free from sin. You can't be free to do what God has called you to do until we know the truth. Amen. He said, I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He said, look, I was with you in weakness. I was with you in fear. I've been with you in trembling. I've been with, I was there when you was up. I was there when you was down. I was there when there was all this business going on. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. It is so important that we deny ourselves first and foremost. In all honesty with yourself and before God, we need to come to a place where we are sure that, that 
Our only desire is to know God's will and God's will alone. Then we need to examine to see what the Holy Spirit is saying in other ways. We need to ask ourselves questions like, what is God saying to me through his word? When those who teach are teaching and when the preaching is going forth, what is God saying to me in his word? What is God saying to me in prayer when we go before him? And is God confirming it through circumstances in my life? And is God confirming it through the counsel of other believers? You see, you need to understand this. And then, then, then we'll pray. God will never lead you in opposition to his written word. If what you sense in prayer runs contrary to the scriptures, my friend, I'll be the first to stand up and tell you it's wrong. We also need to watch for God to use the written word to confirm what you are sensing in prayer. We must be careful that we don't play games with God. Don't just look for a scripture, and this happens so often, where someone will look through the Bible and they'll find a scripture that happens to, that happens to perhaps support their idea and their mindset, taking it totally out of context and totally out of where, it needs, where its setting is at. Try to substantiate what they believe. Don't, don't play that game. Don't just look for a scripture that seems to say what you selfishly want to do and then claim it's God's will. That's very dangerous and we don't need to get involved in that. What is truth? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In the process of worship as you stand, in the process of our praise, in the process of teaching and preaching the word and prayer and so forth and all of the things that we do, Jesus Christ is not a standing afar off and observing what we're doing. Jesus Christ is not standing off somewhere looking down on us and watching what we're doing here this morning. He's walking the aisles through his spirit. He's here. He is looking for a response. He's looking for He's looking for interaction. He's not looking for a religious activity. He's looking for our response to him in general, genuine relationship. Amen. So today, we must understand and we must know he's not appearing from a distance. And looking on in a gaze as we do, as these praise singers pray, lead us in worship and praise, but he is here among us. The Jesus Christ that stood before Pilate that day and said, I came to bear witness of the truth. Though you can't see his physical body, walks the aisles of this place this morning. That Jesus that hung suspended upon the cross of Calvary, there between heaven and earth, is among us today. 
He, through the Spirit, is walking the aisles and the pews of this church, anticipating interaction from you and I. So this morning I challenge you, addressing the subject, what is truth? It's Jesus Christ. He is truth. And He longs for a relationship with you and I. Let's bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your word. I thank you for your presence that permeates the sanctuary this morning. I pray for each one that is here under the sound of my voice and those who may be listening later via the internet and podcasting. I pray that this word would, Lord, challenge them and would, oh God, reach their heart in such a powerful way. I pray this morning that as each one is here in this sanctuary, that their hearts will be challenged, Lord, to realize, O oh God, and to somehow get a hold of the vision and the dream and the hopes that you have for this body and for this people in this hour and to this generation. Lord, for you are truth. Beside you there is none other. And Lord, today as we commit to you, I pray if there's someone here that has gone cold and indifferent and has somehow slid away that their hearts will be charged today to renew their relationship with you. If there's anyone here yet today who has not made that step and has not made that decision, oh God, to give their life wholly and completely to you, I pray that they do so right now in Jesus' name. As they sing this morning, if you're here and you have a need, I invite you to come forward and pray. If you're here and you need the Holy Ghost, I invite you to come forward and pray. If you're here and you need a touch and healing in your body, as always, we invite you to come forward. We will pray with you and pray for you in the name of Jesus. Let us worship for just a moment as you make that decision for Him right now. Would you sing?